0: Oh, so, folks, got me a new mower last week. I'm not talking about a mower that's in a box. I'm talking about a mower that I got at a little privately owned store, and there was an old guy in there that waited on me. When I call somebody an old guy, he's an old guy. <laughs> we talked for half an hour, and he explained everything, every gadget on this self-propelled Uh, mower and it it was just beautiful I knew I knew this was gonna be one of my finest investments ever we loaded it into the van and I got home and I couldn't wait to use it Joy's watching from the kitchen I've got a very mechanical um, minded neighbor watching me from his lawn I fire that baby up it's self propelled it goes four and a half miles an hour faster than some of you can run it takes off and I'm going down (laughs) it faster than the camera can follow me and i'm going it's it's beautiful and it, i'm coming back and just to get to the second end of the second swath it starts to sputter <laughs> and stops dead my brand new mower I could have died on the spot of embarrassment and chagrin that I've been taken by, uh, I mean, all that money. And here's a mower, just two swaths. And neighbor came over, joy came out. I was talking to myself, and I can guarantee you it wasn't Scripture. Mm-mm. And it's so embarrassing. And then I remembered that the guy said, "Um, if you store this in a place where there's not good ventilation, you see this little knob, you just turn that right off and then there won't be vapors all over and it'll make it last longer. And I thought, did he switch that on? And I I calmly switched it on, started it right back up and the happiest day of my life began. (laughs) One hand, (laughs) uphill, one hand the whole world watching. (laughs) But I had to think, we're speaking about prayer today, that um, for a few minutes there, that's what some of our prayer lives often look like. We are so excited about this thing called prayer and so excited to pray about something. We got such a good start and everything's shiny and new. And we do a couple of swaths and we peter out and there it is. And you look at it and you think, it had been better not to have even started it. There's nothing worse than a lawn that's not cut unless it's a lawn that has two swaths cut and the rest undone. That's sometimes the picture of our prayer life. Today, I'm going to give you an acrostic of a prayer life um, that might be able to help you. I, I made this up about 50 years ago. And I've used it as a template for my own prayer life all these 50 years. And some of you are going to say, how come you never preached it? And I, I will tell you why. Because the acrostic part is good. The words are good. They're biblical. But it's, it is such a terrible analogy of prayer. It came out, poach, twiff. Poach means you just stole something illegally. For your own advantage, hardly the picture you'd want for prayer. Twiff. Far as I know, it's not even a word. And if it were, it sounds mischievous. It sounds wimpy. Um, imagine saying, my, my children grew up and became twiffers. Or <laughs> my grandchildren were on the right path, but somehow they got into twiffing. So here it is. Poached with I I knew it wasn't the best thing I ever wrote. It, it's not Charles Stanley uh, quality God bless him his first Sunday in heaven isn't that great and uh, But anyway, that's the way it came to me and I thought you know if there's any genius Genius in this it could be that this is so bad. It is so sermonic bottom of the barrel that it might be bad enough like Pastor Dwight's jokes. They are so bad. (laughs) They are so bad. You try to forget them and can't. This is so bad that to say poach twiff was the outline for the sermon today that I'm hoping that you'll never forget it. My apologies in advance. Are you ready to poach twiff? P is for persistence. Persistence means there's something you get a hold of in prayer and you're not going to stop until it is answered. We're told in Ephesians 6.18, be alert and always keep on praying. In Galatians 6.9 and 10, let us not become weary, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Some years ago, I was on a... um, trip to Cambodia, to Phnom Penh, which is the capital, and it seemed that through the denomination and through many districts, we were finding that so many missions trip. Um, were so um, mind-binding, either they couldn't get the connections right for the flight, or it was just all red tape when you got there. People were getting sick, and somebody came up with the idea, why don't we send prayer teams before the the actual mission teams? And so that's what we were doing. We got there, and the first place we saw was under the piers at Phnom Penh. People actually lived under there. They tented out under there, and it was so horribly stinky and and close, and it was just there. They lived there, and then we went up on top of the pier, and there was a little Wesleyan church with a young pastor, and they amazingly kept the little church on stilts clean, but one day his eight-year-old daughter um, was playing out on the pier and fell into eight or ten feet of garbage. They thought that if we throw our garbage into this ocean, the waves will take it out. But just the opposite happened. And they were yelling and screaming, and this young pastor went in after his daughter, and only by a miracle of God did he survive, and he lost his daughter. We started praying. We said, God, first of all. Uh, and, And then, well, after that, They took us to a street and they said this street is known for something and I still remember one of the pastors as we drove through the street we saw American businessmen bartering for the bodies of young girls and one of the pastors said, that could be my daughters. They're 12 or 14, that could be my daughters and we left. We began praying just immediately, God, one day let the waters be pristine where all this garbage is. Let there be a church in a clean place. And let there be in this street a gospel witness one day. And we persevered. Ten years later, I got word that it's pristine there now. The waters are clean. The garbage is gone almost 20 years later, they said, guess what? There's now Wesleyan Church on that street where they were doing all of that. It was so amazing. If there is a lack of flow in our prayer lives, could it be because God gave us something somewhere along the line to pray for and we didn't persevere? And before the prayer was answered, it would have to be somebody else's prayer. It meant somebody else was praying for it because we stopped praying. Would that be what would flatline any of our prayer lives? It doesn't have to be. Because, folks, some prayers are answered in decades. And some prayers are answered in centuries. Just persevere, and it won't stop the flow. It will keep going. The O in poach is for obedience. This one's the big O. This is for the area of your life and mine where God has spoken to us a hundred times. We've been through the same conversation. And he says, are you ready to deal with this? And we either are or we are not. And it won't be long, just minutes probably, until Your prayer life will either soar or will hit a ceiling because God won't stick with you too long if you're not ready to deal with the area of obedience that he is not speaking to you and me about. He won't bug you. But your prayer life is going to flatline If you keep going through the same conversation with God, I've spoken to this are you ready to deal with this yet? And if we don't, then we're sort of like my lawnmower that sputters out, and we wonder why we're not having a great prayer life. The A is for Ask. If we do not ask God, we, sometimes we don't have because we don't ask, there are some people in my life who I've never given a word of advice to. I'm almost 75, and I may have a word of advice that's worthwhile, once in a while. But there are some people I've never given a word of advice to because they've never asked. How about with our Heavenly Father? Have we ever ask him, and are we asking clearly? If we don't ask God something clearly, how can he answer clearly? One young man said, "Um, I've been told that there's three ways that God answers prayer. One is yes, second is no, and the third is wait. He said, I think there's four. I think the fourth one is, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) If we could record our prayers, and we heard what God was listening to and what we are asking and how we are asking, would that be the response that God would have for us? I don't know who to attribute this prayer to, but you've heard it before. I ask God for strength, and he gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked God for wisdom and he gave me problems to solve. I asked God for courage, and he gave me dangers to face and overcome. I asked God for love, and he gave me troubled people to help. All my prayers were answered. Ask, ask, and ask clearly. Sometimes, we aren't even asking. I have a chair in my living room. I have my quiet time there, but there's a chair that after I'm all done with my prayers and my quiet time with God, I will sit on the chair, and here's the reason why. I know you're gonna find this hard to believe. But I'm pretty sure I, I overheard an angel one day when I was having my quiet time and prayers, I'm pretty sure, I can't be totally sure, I'm pretty sure I heard an angel say, here comes Gabby. <laughs> and I just got thinking, you know what? I'm never quiet before, God, I'm never really listening. So I sit in that chair and usually Three or four minutes. I think three minutes is my record. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm getting better at it. No talking. And almost always in that period of time, I know what to ask for. I know what the priorities are. Just because I've been quiet, then I know how to ask. The C is for confess. The kind of confessing that... Um, that if I have an accountability partner or two, and let's just say this, if you would beam up the account who's also a pastor, not one of ours, if you would have on the screen what he and I are confessing to each other, and before God, you would not want to listen to me as your pastor? You wouldn't. It's not for your ears. But when we confess our sins one to another and to God, something happens. 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The record is clear. You're clean, it's purity. All I can say is you will love the taste of purity, you'll love the aftertaste. And God never leaves a pure vessel unused. Not ever. Oh, is this the one where maybe we look at the template of our prayer life and say, there it is. There it is. That's why My prayers aren't getting any higher. And H, if you were to guess what the H is for in prayer, you know that it's the Holy Spirit. He is the only expert on prayer. He prays for us, intercedes for us, but we're also told that he groans with words uh, that words cannot express. He speaks your language. I don't know... if any of you would know or remember who Chuck Colson was. He was in Watergate days and he started prison fellowship. And he came to know Christ through uh, all of the uh, hassles of Watergate. He was imprisoned for a time. He has a daughter named Emily. She has a really special needs son named Max. And when he became a Christian, he said, I was always pro-life, but now I know why. Max is my best friend, he's my reason for being pro-life, had severe needs. And Max, um, you never knew what kind, what he was going to do, what noises he was going to make, but he was so genuine. He was just, him and Chuck were just so close together. He, He knew enough that he knew he wanted Jesus into his heart, Max did, and he even wanted to be baptized like we did last week. And his mom, Emily, was really uptight and met with the pastor and said, look, uh, this is what Max is like, and I'm, I'm afraid that he's going to do a cannonball into the baptistry. And he said, Emily, don't worry. Don't worry. The Holy Spirit speaks Max's language. And he speaks your language, too. He speaks Brennanish. He speaks Pamish. He speaks Melanesian. He speaks Scottish. <laughs> yes he does. He knows you and he he interprets things that you can't even put into words. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Not an it, the third person of the Trinity. And folks, there there may be some people you know who have some insights in prayer, but there is only one expert. Only one. And it is the Holy Spirit within you. You just learned how to poach. Let me look at the clock. I think we have time to twiff. Anybody want to hear twiff? The T is for thanksgiving. That's not a season. Uh, It's a way of life and prayer. In Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. I'll tell you something. Sometimes we get some, anybody who works on this staff or in this church, you are always getting Thanks from Pastor Kevin. Now, I'm going to ask anybody who's ever volunteered here or anybody who's ever got a text from him, anybody who works on his staff, uh, do you feel appreciated by Pastor Kevin? Say "Yes." yes. We do. People on this staff always get a thank you or a text for what we just did for what we tried to do, even if it wasn't successful, there's no dearth of thanks. And it means the most from him to his staff. We really love him because of that. It means the most when the people you love the most and are closest to you say thank you. And it feels so good when Joy tells me, thank you. Feels so good when picking up my grandsons and they never forget to say, thanks for picking me up, pop up. Feels so good. What would it be like to have been in Jesus' sandals the day that he healed nine lepers and only one came back to say, thank you, thank you. What would it feel like the throne of heaven to have listened to all the prayers that you and I prayed today I wonder where the thanksgiving level would be and then we wonder why our prayers don't always get through if there's no thanksgiving that's what the T is for W is for the will of God that capital W will of God not the oh God what's your will for my life Howard Hendricks from Dallas um, Theological Seminary used to put it this way. He said, usually when when we talk about the will of God, we just want God's will for my personal life. The little W. But the big, he says, I've I've thought about it. He says, I I really don't think I know anybody who is constantly in the the center of God's will. He says, I know a select few who seem to pass through it rather frequently, but I don't know of anybody who's constantly in the center of it. That's the little W. The big W started at Gethsemane as it never happened before. It started at Gethsemane with Jesus sweating like tears of blood. Saying, Father, Father, please, it is possible that this cup would pass from me, please. But not my will. Your will be done. And we pray it in the Lord's Prayer, the capital W. It's a holy submission. A oneness with the will of God who controls the whole world. Are we praying according to that will of God? We will never go wrong when we surrender. The I is for intercessor. This one always stops me cold because Jesus is our intercessor. Christ is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Whenever we say the Apostles' Creed, we say that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. So that's what he's doing. He's just sitting there, drinking heavenly lemonade, (laughs) being waited on by the angels. He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Is that what he's doing there? That ain't what he's doing there. He is interceding, ever interceding for you and for me. And whenever we want to get to God, really get to God, he says, don't dare go in there with your record. We're going to go in there with my record. You follow me. I'm praying for you. And just that picture, just that picture, of Jesus interceding for me, I need that. My prayer life is kaput, it's done, it's over. If I ever pray and don't see Jesus interceding for me and for my record, oh folks, I'm done, and so are you. That's what he's doing there. That's the one who Isaiah spoke of, who said he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. He bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. You can't do prayer, you'll hit a dead end if you don't have the I for intercessor there. And then just a couple of more quick ones and you'll have learned how to poach twiff. One F is for faith, of course, without faith, it's impossible, impossible to please God. Abraham and all of those listed in Hebrews 11 were seen as heroes of faith. But Hannah Whitehall Smith, one of our, she's got some Wesleyan roots from South Jersey, way back in 1800, said, You know, it's really important to memorize the Bible, but there's one thing more important to memorize, and that is the voice of God. And when the voice of God said to Abraham, you go and take this beloved son of yours and you sacrifice him at the place where I tell you, he better know that was the voice of God. And when you know the voice of God, and there's no doubt about it, you move forward in faith and God will take care of the rest. It's impossible to please God without faith, just impossible. If you could listen to the prayers you prayed this morning or this week, is there any element of faith that was needed to pray that prayer? And then finally, forgiveness. I just was reading, in fact, we're still reading Stormy O'Martian's book, Power of a Praying Grandparent, and she said, People sense unforgiveness in our hearts even if it is not directed at them and even if they don't know what it is they are sensing. I wonder if unforgiveness is another block to what God wants us to be and to do in our prayer life. Again, just go to the cross. Just go to the cross to see forgiveness where Jesus hung on the cross. And while people are mocking at him, says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we prayed the Lord's prayer this morning. Forgive me in the same way that I forgive others. How in the world can you forgive other people while they are sinning against you unless you've already forgiven them before they even sinned against you. That's the kind of forgiveness that opens up the greatest doors to prayer, and there won't be any, anything that can stop you from there. The last um, illustration I have today is a true story from Voice of the Martyrs, a man named Demeter who lived in Romania in the before the 90s and it was it was a crime to be a Christian then he was sent to prison this young man for his faith and there it seemed that for whatever reason there was one prison guard who really had an in for Demeter and he would come in and he'd have something to beat on his back and say, hey, Demeter, let's do some xylophone lessons today. And he would beat him on the spine and on the back. Another day, he'd come in with something metal, and he'd say, hey, Demeter, time for piano lessons. And he would beat him mercilessly on the back. One day, he came in with a hammer and beat him again until he was completely paralyzed. True story, 20 years later, Demeter, in one of those ugly, drab, um, communist types of buildings in Bucharest, Romania, we've seen them, is there and he's being cared for by somebody because he is paralyzed, 20 years later. A knock comes on the door, and it's the prison guard. And he sees Demeter. Demeter recognizes him. He says, Demeter, I have searched for you for many years. I have become a Christian. I don't know how to say it. He said, I don't think I deserve your forgiveness, but..." Please, I'M SORRY, COULD YOU FORGIVE ME FOR WHAT I DID TO YOU?" DEMETRA SAID, I FORGAVE YOU 20 YEARS AGO. I PRAYED FOR 20 YEARS FOR THIS DAY TO COME. FORGIVENESS. NOW THIS IS A TEMPLATE OF WHAT HAS HELPED ME IN THE LAST 50 YEARS TO PRAY. And if there is something, and I know it's not just emotional or medical, um, that there's just a break in my prayer life, it's flatlined, I go to one of those checkpoints and find out that that's the one I was missing. And I get back on track. Uh, Mother Teresa was once written a note and said, I would, I would like to become one of the Sisters of Mercy and come to Calcutta to help you there. Three months later, she actually got a handwritten scribbly note from Mother Teresa that says, thank you for your interest. Find your own Calcutta. Thank you for your interest in listening this morning. Find your own poached with. Something that'll work better for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for all that you've given us in your heart, your body, and your word so that we could have a white, hot prayer life with you. And when there are lapses and there are things that you're speaking to us about, Lord, thank you that there is a remedy for them all, something that We can't borrow from anybody else something we don't call on any human expertise or expert to do. We need all of these things and more. Would you speak into our hearts? Give us our own poach twif. God, give us our own time with you where we can hear your voice so that when we arrive at heaven's gates, we won't be talking to a stranger. We'll be talking with our holy Lord and God.